Now, my experience as a master of ceremonies is giving an idea about children and things that you do when you live and you hold on to can sometimes be something that you walk on with later on in life. I started emceeing at 15 at my high school, St. Augustine. By 17, a guy by the name of Charles Brother, who had been scratched down to a son-in-law, but back then he was a billboard top 100 rated artist. So Charles would take me around the southeast to learn how to take care of this wardrobe and I would bring him on stage. I had 18 scholarships to go to school. I went to a southern school where there was a racial hazing, so I decided to leave after having major knee surgery when they said I'd never play again. I took one film from St. Augustine and bicycled it around Los Angeles till I got myself another full scholarship in California State University of Los Angeles. I didn't know anybody for 2,000 miles. I made sure to keep the promise that I wouldn't be a number because I graduated and many of my teammates didn't. Well, I needed a job in my CD. In a fraternity brother, I remember a fraternity called the Sci-Fi. I'm a, yeah, I'm a cute dog. So what happens, he takes me to meet a man with the name of Monty Sentencing, who's opening up a new nightclub called The Total Experience. The nightclub was sit down, 1,550 people with a dining room, black home. Opening night, I'm trying to encourage this man to let me MC. I'm this great big old kid back there, I'm lifting weights and stuff. He says, look man, you need a job, right? I said, yeah. He says, you see that door? Well, the minute they need someone to stand right there. Take my ticket stubs. And if anything goes wrong in my club, before you get in, get the security involved, see if you can handle it. So opening night, I'm the ticket taking box. Well, after the second show, he sends for me. He says, look, go on stage in the night of these 50 license plates. Do it twice. I did. When I came off stage, people were applauding. So a little while passed. He sends for me again. He says, look, I want to see something. Go on stage and introduce the opening act. The comedian, and then bring on the MC for none other than Harold Mellon and the Blue Notes. After I did that, he sent for me one more time. Took the ticket stubs away from me and said, and no more would I ever stand by the door. And that night, I became the MC. Everyone from his family were in Texas. And were calling me the Dot. I began to walk away on July 25th, 1972. I took on the name, The Voice. I've taken that name around the world. And a little later, you may hear about a conversation with some major entertainment entities. You see, I'm a member of the largest entertainment union in the world called SAG, Television and Film. There are 17 governing rules. Here's one for you. Take this one home. Rule 15 says, if anyone uses a name or so much as to resemble the name, the executive board of SAG desires for an equitable agreement to be worked out. For the union shall not be found liable, but the party or parties who abuse said name is liable. In talking to the federal government, I don't qualify for a copyright, but because I've never stopped using the name, and I have clippings from around the world from 1972 to now. I constitute what's called an intellectual property, a brand. 
So that means the local music show owes me some money so I can put more bread on the table. That means the motion picture man on fire with a mafia diamonds all the ones he never saw owes me money to put more bread on the table. That also means that Soul Man, a cable sitcom starring Cedric the Entertainer, owes me money because in the show, Cedric's career before being a pulpit preacher was Royce the Voice. So any production that has used my name has to have a discussion with me. So the Ella Project here in New York is going to assist me because some time ago I had a show in Kittyville. And today is actually the second day in four weeks that I've been outside. And the reason for that is on March the 25th, my eldest son, ill with Lou Gehrig's ALS disease, died at the age of 52. I just heard it for me to give that, for me to try to do what I love to do, which is also acting uh, when I'm not around kids using my, my degrees, you know. So it's an honor to be here. As we go through the night and the performance appears, there'll be more than I'll tell you that has to deal with no Um If you like the movies and you have time, Google or YouTube the Opera Game Movie. The Opera Game Movie. There's a street by the fairgrounds called Paul Murphy. Some say Paul Murphy, but it's Paul Murphy. And he was a chess prodigy at the age of 10. He was the first master chess champion from America. He would die untimely after coming up 105 degree here in New Orleans and got into a tub and had a massive heart attack. The film is going to open with that massive heart attack. And you're going to hear people inside the mansion yelling for Sir Jesse. Sir Jesse Dede, a free man of color. That is my role, a lead support role, and I also narrated the film. And the film just won the San Diego Black Film Festival's Film Critics' Choice Award. So it's now in the process of working on a distribution deal. I would hope that it goes to television as opposed to a theater, because then I get a few little dollars to, to share with my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. As for you, your presence here is very important to us and most appreciated. I would say to you that the best way of having things to start off, thankfully, was with a message that can only come by way of lasting messenger, but through the voices that lift him up. So once again, if you would, please, a big round of applause for the Kubi family. So maybe by now you've gotten the idea that I've been doing this for a while. So let me share with you some of the people that I know that you know that I've had the honor of introducing. I'm the former 2MC for the Harlem New York group, managed by the man who's responsible for all of the ocean movies, Mr. Jerry Weintraub, the main ingredient. They made records like everybody plays a little happiness just around the bed, just don't want to be lonely. I was their 2MC for 10 years. I would later become the 2MC for a Detroit group called the Dramatics, then DJ Rogers, Yarborn Peoples, Side Effect, and then The Gap, The Gap Band for seven years. So I was there with Charlie Wilson and some of the struggles of addiction as I 
came before you, thanks to my father, I'm 22 years clean without any rehab from being a, a previously cocaine smart guy. But uh, it's only because Jesus loved me and I get that I was actually in the Superdome. This might help somebody. I was in the New Orleans Superdome and a man who was a merchant seaman who also sparred with championship fighters. One in particular was Muhammad Ali. He had just come back in the States, came and found me, and brought me a bag of pink cocaine. Yes, for those of you who don't know, you just come back and they can get pink pineapple oil on uh, it. To tell you my story, they used to call me Hoover around the United States and abroad. I've been on, been to 18 countries on 18 states, in 18 countries in every major theater in the around the United States, every prestigious theater, uh, Apollo, you name it. I've been honored to be on that stage, even uh, Lincoln Center, Avery Fisher Hall, which is Carnegie Hall, okay? So I've been seen for the likes of Beyond Warping with Burnt Backlight and the orchestra. What happened as a total experience is that a man named Mickey Cohen, Mr. Las Vegas, began to start frequently and visit the place. And all of a sudden, Instead of me just having all these tremendous artists of color, I began to emcee for the likes of Wayne, the Bee Gees, Sir Elton John, David Bowie, Rod Stewart, you know, this little kid who came from New Orleans who had to throw the screen on the bus on the floor because I wouldn't sit behind the screen. You know, I'm a guy who stands before you who comes from Jim Crow, desegregation, integration, nation time, and consciousness to where I am now, you know? Um, to be here and to know that you're here knowing that you're helping children have an opportunity in summer and after school to enrich themselves is monumental. No matter how big the crowd is, because we're mighty as long as we're here together. I should also say to you that there are iconic people that I've been seen for, like the Mills Brothers, Peg Lane Bates, Eartha Kitt, Ella Fitzgerald, Harold Belafonte, all in this Black on Life Club in Los Angeles. Okay? Um, I've done major award shows, the Energy Awards, the 8th and the 10th annual Energy Awards. I was allowed to emcee on, on both of them. And some, a few things at home. I've never done this thing on the fairgrounds, you know. I've done their night concerts. They seem to prefer to have a stage manager rather than have somebody with my credentials. It seems as though there's nobody else with them other than me. In my hometown, there's only been two noted masters of ceremonies. One was a cross-dressing person who, I guess, would be fitting to what we call now LGBT, was called Miss Pixie in the heydays of Rampart Street. And the other, right on Claiborne Avenue, there was a nightclub called Club 77 in the 1960s and 70s. There was a man who was the best I've ever seen given him, called Mr. G, the MC, Google Eyes. The man who controlled MC in America with impact was a man who sold programs and he dressed so immaculately that when promoters noticed this, 
they got the idea to bring him on stage. His name is Odell George, also known as Gorgeous George. The old, well not the old, but 10 years ago, the um, videos of Mr. Big and Ron Osney, there was an extremely handsome man with a That was Sir Gorgeous George. But there's never been anyone to be recognized for their work as a master of ceremonies. But I would have been blessed. So I have front page clippings. It's like the New York Times and South Africa, you know. And I hope as the night goes on, there's more entertainment. And I'll be talking more about them. That's about what we can talk about. As I try to make you feel at home, uh, why I don't have their players in the present time. So uh, I invite you to enjoy the culinary bites back over here in my life, my left, your right. From Rays on the Avenue. Uh, he's also the gentleman who has Rays on Frenchman Street, entertainment venue. But he just opened Rays on the Avenue, which is at 2006 Broad Street. It used to be the old Pampies. Okay? Uh, he's remodeled, remodeled that. And now he's in the process of finishing remodeling the old Claymore Theater, which he plans on making a venue similar to what is being done here at the historic park. Um, as a matter of fact, a special thank you to uh, Ms. Missy Fry, who is the managing director here at the Congo, who opened up her doors for this event to be able to happen for New Orleans South Africa Connection, also known as Nostra, powered by Damon Batiste, our very who's the son of the legendary phone master and Louisiana Music Hall of Fame inductee, David Baptiste, um, who just finished playing with all, all of his brothers at the Jazz Fest. Some of the other members of the family will be here tonight. tonight. Uh, Jamal and Ryan, uh, we have some performers from South Africa, and Bali, uh, from uh, Johannesburg. So as the evening goes on, uh, I can only say to you that Everyone's in, in route. And I don't want to tell any jokes because I need to say them. <laughs> uh, get something to eat. Hopefully, you will enjoy the libations that are here. There's some great, really, really great and impressive uh, arts crafts displays that are for sale. Okay. Um, both sides of the room. So, make yourself at home. Remember, this is the car. And this is your place for the next couple of hours. We want to make it feel like you're home. I'm watching Sam Piano Voice. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah.